I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 243 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I am doing okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I was able to have a day off, so that was nice. Yeah, I got to watch Rusty, our little probation officer, get sworn in. So that was adorable. All these, like... It was like, you know, when your kid graduates from like kindergarten. I mean, not personally, do, but yeah, like, and then they do like their little performance. Like, that was kind of the equivalent of that, except like he was like swearing an oath to God. So that was really cute. Yeah. And generally, after kindergarten graduation, they don't give you a gun. Yeah, no. <laughs> That would be very, very dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous now, but especially yeah. for yeah, a little, I mean, like, yeah. five-year-old. Yeah, I mean, not even in the U.S. do we do that, so. Yeah, but I'm but... sure that's, like, I'm sure, like, DeSantis is working on it. Oh, he definitely is. You know, the devil works hard, but DeSantis works harder. <laughs> but other than that, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. It's, it's been a crazy week. Um, you know, with all those events today, Monday, I got a promotion at my work. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited about that. I never thought I'd be that person saying that, like, I got a promotion because I feel like like my past work experiences, I've only I've always been the the bridesmaid, but never the bride. (laughs) So like, this is like a surreal moment for me for someone to tell me that like, I've been promoted because I'm like, I'm just in denial. I'm like, no, like, you have the wrong person. Like, you're telling me this information, but it's a lie. But, but no, I'm, I'm excited. So, um, and then on Tuesday, um, Monday night, I found out that, um, a couple weeks back or days back, I don't know, it's, it's been a whirlwind a couple days. Um, I tried to sign up to be a verified fan for Taylor Swift's, uh, pre-sale for her era's tour. And I found out that I made the verified fan list, which awesome. I mean, I've been a fan of her since, you know, 2008, 2007. So Awesome. So I was able to snag tickets during her pre-sale for her concert, which meant like the world to me because, you know, I'd been to one of her concerts before, but um, it was a gift from like someone really shitty. So Mm. like I was really proud that I was able to purchase these tickets on my own. Like I took a lot of pride in that. 
But also I saw so many issues going on with Ticketmaster and scalping and, you know, just upping the ticket prices, you know, for a lot of people. So it was a really bummer situation. And then today we found out that um, Ticketmaster is canceling the general sale for people because they sold too many tickets. So it's just become this like insane disaster, which like I feel so terrible for. But it's still weird because it's like I'm still so proud that I was able to, you know, get those tickets for me, like what it means like for me. But also like I feel so much for all the fans that like really wanted to go to this concert and now potentially can't because all the tickets are mostly sold out yeah that's right like generally my experience with the fan pre-sales is it's like a set proportion of the tickets that are up for sale and once those are gone then you just are go to the general sale so it's, it's very strange that that is not the situation here and it's interesting because so the pre-sale was on Tuesday and first it was going to be at 10 a.m. But there are too many people. So they moved it to like 3 p.m. But this was West Coast. East Coast was a whole different story. Like I was talking to like our friend of the podcast, Eric Struthers, and he was in that queue for like eight hours because it paused at one point, was moved to another time, another point. But he was able to get tickets, too. Oh, awesome. I didn't know that he had gotten them. That's great. Yeah, he got good tickets, I think, because, I mean, that's how crazy it is. Like, for, like, decent seats for two tickets, he had to spend, like, $1,500. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm I'm in a good section. I really wanted floor seats, but floor seats were around, like, three, $400 at the time. And, like, I love Taylor, but I also love being able to afford living in California. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't an option for me. So I got, like, lower bowl or... Eh, like the 100 seating in the stadium I'm at. So that's not bad, but for two tickets and I, I bought the ticket insurance cause I was just scared in the moment. Like I was in the bathroom at my work and I'm just like, oh, whatever, like just give me these tickets. Like I'll give you my blood. I don't care. And it was like total was $540. So it wasn't terrible. I mean, I was expecting to probably pay more, but everything like I would click on a seat and then I'd go to check out. And then it would say, sorry, this has been taken by another fan. And that happened like 10, 15 times. So like that's when like I ran to the bathroom because I'm like, I I need a moment. <laughs> like yeah. this is this is crazy. Like heart rate going up to like 90, 100. Like it's it was insane. So and then the next day was the Capital One presale because that was supposed to be on Tuesday. But they moved it to Wednesday because like Ticketmaster was like a complete hot mess. So... I guess they just either sold all the tickets or sold most of the tickets and just aren't prepared for the mass amount of people, scalpers, bots to go on and try to get tickets. I mean, it just it's crazy because like I understand like some artists like it's insane. Like I know when Adele was selling her tickets for her Las Vegas residency, that was insane. I know always BTS tickets are insane. I just can't believe that it's gone to the point now where people are finally like, wow, Ticketmaster is awful, which. Well, um, no, I mean, that that's people have been complaining about Ticketmaster for as long as Ticketmaster has existed. Yeah. But I feel like now it's just so much more. But I also feel like so many more people are getting fucked over now because of that. There's not even going to be a general sale because they sold so many tickets. It's it's also, really sad. I also just like the whole like, you know, like having to delay sales or pause lines and stuff. This is all Ticketmaster does. 
is sell mm-hmm. tickets to things. This is not some unexpected thing where, oh, there's a lot more traffic than we expected. It, th- this is your whole deal. And she's a massive, massive pop star. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, I don't want anyone to listen to this and be like, well, Britney is a major Taylor show. Like, she thinks Taylor can do no wrong. And I'm like, well, I mean, Taylor's human. We're all human. But I don't really think that she has as much power in this situation as a lot of people think. Like, I think that – I personally think that artists have NDAs. Like, with Ticketmaster, I can't say shit because that – what's that going to do? Like, that's your main source of buying tickets. You well, can't talk I, shit I about... Mean, I, I feel like if... If you had enough artists who wanted to force a change, they could. Because mm-hmm. if there's, like, no, we need a new system, then eventually, like, but... There has to be an impetus for them to do so. And, like, I don't... It, it shouldn't, like... F- fall on them to do it because that's ridiculous but I mean they are also you know making a shit ton of money from the way the system is now exactly like it's shitty it's just shitty all around like but yeah everyone's kind of waiting around for her to like make a statement or something so I'm waiting to see if she does but I mean Again, like, just, she probably feels fucking awful about this, too. Or she doesn't. Because, I mean, like, who knows at this point? I mean, like, I don't know. It's just really shitty. Really sad. Again, like, I'm really thankful I was able to buy my tickets. Like, I'm thankful that I got them. You know, not from a scalper. Like, from um, evil cannibalistic. I meant to say capitalistic, but <laughs> I guess cannibalistic, sure. to Ticketmaster. I mean, they're, they're fucking cannibals, too, while they're at it, probably. So... Yeah, and now we're on to Thanksgiving soon. I'm doing a 5K this weekend, so I'm excited. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I, I've i been eating, like, shit, but, like, I, we went to this, like, have you ever heard of, like, Hash Hash A Go Go? No. It's this, like, really, like, not famous, but this, like, well-known, like, breakfast place. Like, there's one in Vegas, there's one in San Diego, and they give you pancakes the size of your head, and... I had a bunch of those today, and they were delicious, and they were brown sugar banana pancakes, and they were wonderful. That sounds very good. It was very good, but um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I haven't done races in a while. I used to do cross country in middle school, so that's the closest thing I've done, but I don't know. I, I I run on the weekends around like six, seven miles, so I think I'm prepared. Yeah. But what's going on with you? belated birthday girl oh yeah uh i had a birthday it was fun i mean i don't know about fun i went to work and then i came home but (laughs) it was nice i had some really good indian food Ooh! oh my god it was so fucking good i got it like that's gonna be my new indian place it was excellent um yeah i talked to the boy for a while and then i you know talked to my parents so it was all it was just nice chill not much going on. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I mean, I like my birthday, but I, I feel like 39 is not one where you have to, like, do something for it, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, you got really good, really good food. 
yes. and you're going you found a place that you would go back to so i think that's worth celebrating yes definitely uh other than that looking forward to well, I'm, i don't know about looking forward to thanksgiving so much as looking forward to having a short week of work i'm not going home or anything so i'm just gonna maybe roast a chicken um chill out drink watch planes trains and automobiles um <laughs> No, other than that, it's been uneventful. That's good. What did you get for your birthday? I got an air fryer. That was very exciting. Um, I got some nice nail polish from somebody I co-host a podcast with. And the nail polish has elephants on them, which made me very happy. Hmm. Okay. How many podcasts does Emily have now? She used to have like four at I once. I just have one. It's crazy. Oh, you have one now. Wow. Yeah. Like, really dialing it down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then uh, Kev sent me a bunch of stuff that came late because the UK mail is super slow right now. But it was then it was like a bonus birthday, you know. And it was very sweet. He wrapped it in Kermit the Frog wrapping paper because he Stunning. knows me very well. And I got some... Like, I got a shining pin, and I got a cool little figure from what we do in the shadows, which is for the movie version when um, there's this great bit in the movie where there's, like, this guy, you know, he can transform into animals, but he never gets the face right, and you just see him as a cat with this distorted human face on it, and it's a little figure that I guess he, like, was one that he found at a con that somebody had, you know, made, and that was cool. And I got a bag of candy because I needed more candy because I know, you know, like you, I don't have enough candy in my house right now. But frankly, I'm not going to turn down candy at any time. I know my cubicle is like the hot spot because I brought some of the Freddos to work. <sighs> and I got back to work one day and like my, my little candy tin was empty. <laughs> Aw. I know I told Rebecca, I was like, my, my co-workers are a big fan of Freddo's. So that's really good. And they really like the pineapple ones, too, which I think that's really hard for people to eat pineapple and chocolate sometimes because I don't know people are weird. But, um, yeah, so that's good. What else? Wait, so what British candy did you get? Um, I don't even, I got, like... It's not all candy. Like, I got some shortbread cookies, and I got a Wispa Gold Bar. I don't mm. know, some sort of crunchy thing with caramel in it. I got uh, a cookie crumble candy bar. That's huge. Galaxy. Yeah, I got some dairy milk. I got some something called a double decker. And I got, ooh, chocolate and orange. Oh, that's you all over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's all good stuff. What a good boy. He's very nice. I think I'll keep him. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so happy. So <laughs> it, it always thrills me to see happiness, but just how successful your birthday was like you know seeing all the things that he got you and like seeing that all those things are like literally you <laughs> is insane 
Yeah, it was it was like very extremely targeted Emily shit. I know. Let's see what else oh. oh, I started watching The Crown last night. Gotta say, not I'm only two episodes in, I'm not particularly engaged this season so far. Wow. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. We've been so fucking busy, so it's been really hard to like sit down and watch something. Well, I can't say that because Veterans Day weekend we binge watched Band of Brothers again. <laughs> so <laughs> it was on TV and I was at my parents' house because we were helping set up for Christmas decorations. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this on an HBO. So like the whole family just sits down on the couch and we're watching Band of Brothers. It was fantastic. But yeah, I think we're going to try to start it this weekend. But that's interesting. Yeah, because I haven't really heard anything about it. People are not liking the new cast. I've heard a lot of people complaining about Dominic West as uh, Prince Charles, which I'm kind of torn on because on the one hand... I get it in that he is physically totally wrong for the part and also too good looking, but Dominic West is a fantastic actor. Um, I He was so good in The Wire, except for his accent kind of going all over the place, but I think he has Charles's mannerisms down and his acting's good, but... It is, you just, like, you cannot look at him and think, hey, it's Prince Charles, because that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's distracting. I know that the little boy, or not little boy, but the, the guy who played Charles last season did really good. Oh, my God, that guy was awesome. <gasps> yeah. You know, you know who is in this season, though? Which is just bizarre, because how is he suddenly in everything I'm watching? Fucking Mothma's husband. What, who's Perrin? He's, I, I, he's, I guess, one of Prince Charles's aides or secretaries or whatever they call that position. Cause Does he's he have in a the ponytail? Fir- no, he doesn't. He's always, he's very clean cut and in a suit because he, you know, works for the royal family. And he wasn't in a ton. He just had a scene when he was, you know, talking to Charles about some scheduling thing. And mm. I was just like, I just looked at him and went, wait, what? I was, it's so strange. That he, he is now in th- three shows that I am watching currently. Who's playing Philip? Jonathan Price. Isn't he also in Andor? I could be mistaken with who another actor. Are you, I'm just trying to think of who you're thinking of. Because he's not. I'm trying to think of who you're thinking of. Maybe you're thinking of Anton Lesser. Who plays the Imperial dude? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm um, maybe because I was kind of like doing other stuff while I was watching, but we'll see. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki is really good as Diana. I will say that. Oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. She shines wherever the, whenever the camera is yeah. towards her. She's and a good actress. She's just kind of perfect. Like despite how d- d- toweringly tall she is, she has like the physicality of it is really right. She does that. It's something I didn't I didn't notice until I was I was watching some some interviews with her and uh, with Diana. She she's always like ducking her head down. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, I'll, I'll continue. I'll watch the rest of the season. I'm just not as instantly engaged as I was. I wonder if part of it is just this is a part of history now that I've lived through. So it's a lot of stuff that I know. And I just don't care as much about when it was all stuff where I'm like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen with that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. Because, I mean, I feel like the first two seasons were kind of more interesting to us because, I mean, we weren't alive during that time. So, you know, we would hear these stories, like, you know, from our, our parents, like um, – my cousin was talking to my mom about how in a school project she talked about how the queen had given birth to Charles when she was still princess. So that's, that's just crazy. Um, Yeah. I'm really excited to see Elizabeth's uh, mannerisms compared to Diana's. Cause yeah, you're talking about how she always like puts her head down and everything. Like, I just feel like, both of the Dianas like really had the mannerisms oh, like, down. I mean that insane. I, yeah, I forget the actress's name from the past one, but she was phenomenal. Yeah, Emma Corn. Yes, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just loved her. Yeah, she's supposed to be in an um, Amazon movie with Harry Styles, and that's supposed to. I don't know if that's supposed to be good, but little boy Harry Styles. I don't know why everyone's a boy. I don't know why I'm do I don't know why I'm doing this. I feel like sometimes like grab onto words. I'm like, I'm gonna use this word. This is the word of the day, little boy. Um But yeah, Harry's getting into acting now because he was in that one with Florence Pugh. Oof. He is real bad in that. Really? I mean, look, the movie's terrible. But he's also not good. You know, sometimes you go, ah, he just didn't have right. He didn't have good material to work with. But there's a scene where he like breaks down crying in a car, and it is not good. On a scale to one to young Allison crying because her dad was leaving because he got fired, how bad was it? Oh, dude, it's like it's so terrible. <laughs> he's so bad. I just don't understand. Harry Styles, you're very good at the thing that you do. And you're extremely successful at the thing that you do. You don't have to be good at... You don't have to do everything. You can just do the thing that you're very, very good at. Yeah, he's such a good performer. His songs are really good, too. I give him props as a performer, you know, songwriter, everything. Acting? Nah, yeah, not, not good sure. as a dramatic actor. He would maybe be okay in, like, a romantic comedy if he didn't have to particularly do anything. I'm still bummed that, that he turned down the role to be Prince Eric in the live-action Little Mermaid. Oh, I think he actually would have been good in that. Yeah! He would have been super good. But they have another actor, and he looks like he's going to do really good. And freaking Halle Berry is going to fucking crush it. She, she, yeah, she looks incredible. I don't care about these live-action things, but that one I'm at least sort of interested in, too. Mostly because the Little Mermaid music is so good. And I got Ursula. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. That's going to be fun. You know what is good but not fun? Star Wars. I was going to say swimming. 
Oh, I like swimming. I think swimming is fun. I don't swim very often anymore. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't like pools in New York. Not fucking with, but fucking love swimming. <laughs> oh, oh, we do have another Star Wars thing to talk about before we talk about Andor. Did you watch the little Baby Yoda with the dust bunnies? I did not watch Baby it's, Yoda well, with the, the dust fuck? bunnies. It's like two, you don't have two minutes to watch Little Baby Yoda with the dust bunnies? I'm sorry, but Band of Brothers just like really stole my attention. Oh, I'm so mad at you right now. Weekend. I know. It's I, so it had good. to happen. It's so good. I hope they do. I hope that this is a sign that they're going to be doing more stuff with them, whether that's an episode of Visions or, uh, you know, TV movie or something. But. It's adorable, and the music is great, of course, because it's Studio Ghibli, but it's just so cute, and it's all just, like, hand-drawn little Baby Yoda with dust bunnies. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm oh. sorry I haven't watched it. God oh, damn it. Okay, then. Let's talk about Andor. This is the Daughters of Ferrix. It is the penultimate episode of this sh- I can't believe there's only one more episode of this season. I'm going to be crushed when I don't have this show to watch every week. But what did you think of episode 11? It was good. It was really sad, really gut-wrenching, but good. Fucking Mothma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's fucked. Dude. I just... I want to sit down with somebody and just have them explain all of Shandrilla to me. I'm so fascinated by whatever weirdo fundamentalist shit their daughter is doing talking about the braid and all in the same uniform and being little creepy cult kids. And I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by their marriage. I'm fascinated by the fact that when she was 15, she got sent off to be a sender. That's weird. I just want to know everything about this planet because what the fuck? They drink worms in their champagne What's going on? Maybe the worms help them become more comfortable with the cult. <laughs> it's like how there's electrolytes in Gatorade. Um, there's like cult electro juice. cults in the the drink. And I, I, I don't know. The fact that her daughter sort of found this herself because Mon Mothma obviously not into it, and even Perrin, apparently, doesn't really care if his daughter is traditional Shandrillan or not, but she become, she's like drawn to this fundamentalist thing, and I think that is a real thing that happens, and is, I just, I just want to know everything about it. I'm interested that her daughter seems into like nothing else, but her dedication like to this cult is like the most lively I've seen her daughter this this whole show. And maybe Mothma is going to you know she's seeing that hey, like she's into the cult, maybe I can marry her off too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean it's still fucked, but her, Kill her two daughter, birds with one stone. Yeah. Her daughter probably wouldn't complain. And she would, you know, not get completely fucked over by whatever the Empire is doing with her, like, auditing. I 
also I just love the fact that a major plot point in this Star Wars show is Mon Mama's going to get audited and it's going to be real bad. <laughs> it's so real. Like, I mean, I deal with audits like on a day to day basis, and knowing that Mothma's like dealing with that shit too, man, it's fun being a fucking adult. <laughs> I still think slash fear that space Peter Townsend is going to take the fall for her. True love. I hope they at least bang before he goes away. Yeah, more sex in Star Wars, please. Oh my god, yeah. But, oh, okay. We gotta talk about the beginning of this episode because it made me even more sad than I can't swim. So... Marv is dead. We were wrong about her going out in a blaze of glory. I'm sad about that. Yeah, what the fuck? But it'll it'll be too. It's so sad. And Cassian's friend, is it Brasso? Brazo? I think it's Brazo because Brazo. it rhymes with Grosso. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he is my new favorite person in Star Wars. Not the most interesting character, not my favorite character, but my favorite person. He's so nice. He is so nice to poor little B2. And at first he's like, we're all going to get out of your way. Don't worry about it. We'll leave you alone. And then the most heartbreaking line ever spoken by a droid. I don't want to be left alone. I want Marva. It's like if you have, when you have to explain death to a little kid. And or a dog. Explain like, death to a dog? Well, I mean, not explain it, but like, you know, <laughs> when you their gotta... owner is suddenly gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it really feels like, you know, a dog's genuine reaction to Ugh. an owner dying. It just broke my. I, everybody was nice to be to, though. That's what I loved. Is the. the the religious ladies who were there down at the funeral were nice to him because he's just like I don't understand how you could not be nice to him because it would be like kicking a puppy because he's just so sweet and I just really like it when people are nice to droids I loved when Brazo was coming around being like hey come home with me you know and then B2's like, why don't you stay here? And he's like, okay, one night. And then B2 is just so excited. He comes up to me and he's just, just like, hey. The fact that he is like willing to do that for a droid. People are so mean to droids all the time. But he is be like, okay, I'll spend the night here because you were sad that Marva's dead. And I'm also sad that Marva's dead. Yeah, that was really nice to see. Um, those are definitely the highlights of the episode to me was, you know, just the unfortunate death of Marva and, you know, Mothma scenes. Um, and I feel like Cassian was really like a small part of this episode, which, I mean, we see obviously he's able to escape um, the planet that he's trapped on and he's able to go get his funds and then he meets up with Melchi and Melchi's like, hey, buddy, um, this sucks. I'm going to go tell a bunch of other people this sucks. Um, I'll see you around. And Cassian's like, okay, here's here's a gun. This will help you. He's like, okay, bye. There was so much good stuff there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're 
hanging onto the cliff in the beginning. And and there's just like they're 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 leaving, they're leaving, they're leaving, and and he's talking about how like Malchus talking about how he can't feel his hands and he doesn't think that they're, they're he's going to be able to climb up. And he's like, "Tell me they're gone again." Like like he just needs to he you know he needs some encouragement to hang on. And I thought that was that was a nice little scene. Uh, I liked the the fishermen who find them, who are mad because the empire has killed all their little fishes and poisoned their water and then they helped them out I that was that. really nice i don't know why they helped that why they were so nice i mean maybe they just were like teamed up because they're like yeah fuck the empire no i think that's exactly it oh well good for them i really like them hope we see them again they were lovely people other than the weird slimy i mean they were defending their ship so it wasn't like bad on them but i like their yeah, weird were, slimy yeah, trap yeah. thing yeah they were gonna try to steal their ship so they were protecting it and then they give them a ride because they're considerate um oh i liked this is a small thing the just the whole ferrex death ritual that they cremate the body and make it into a brick and then that brick like goes into a building in the city. I don't know why it struck me so much. I just thought it was a really poignant idea for what to do with somebody when they die. I feel like death isn't really talked a lot about in Star Wars because I feel like death to a Jedi just means you're going to turn to a force ghost and call it a day. And, you know, for... You know, someone like Marva, who's not force sensitive, I think it was really beautiful to add, like, something that happens, like, after death, you know, like, for instance, like, if, you know, you get cremated and your ashes, you know, help form a tree or something, I think that's, like, a really beautiful ritual. And especially, like, when they were, like, wrapping her body and sending her body off, like, I thought that was really interesting, like... Of course, you know, insert line here that we've never seen this in Star Wars before, but it was a very thoughtful thing to add in Star Wars because, you know, something like death is just so, like, so sad and so possibly horrific. Just seeing how they beautifully executed that was really nice to see. Yeah, because obviously many, 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 many people die in Star Wars, but we don't see a whole lot of Star Wars funerals. No. Which is interesting because I feel like this funeral would be like a great opportunity to maybe Marva after death will be like blades of glory, bang, 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 bang. And I mean, we're certainly uh, gearing up for everybody to come together in this last episode. Um, you have, yeah, it's just it's going to be pretty much everybody, I would think, except, I mean, Mothma's not going to be part of that storyline, but. Everybody else seems to be headed there for the funeral slash trap. You know what details I found really interesting about the conversation the DJ was having with the people on Ferrex about allowing the funeral? Um, the little video chat that they were doing was really reminiscent of, you know, Empire Strikes Back, like kind of the quality of it. I'm mm -hmm. really glad that they matched the quality of the video resolution to <laughs> I really like oh, that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was a detail that I was like, I really like this. Like, I really like how, because, I mean, I feel like in, like, Mandalorian, like, you see a lot of holograms or this and that. I mean, obviously, it's, like, 20 years, like, after, or not even 20 years, like, eight, 
or so years like after the events but it's really cool like seeing like technology staying kind of the same as it was in the 70s when it came out like i mean you have like the 70s facial hair and everything and you know it's been like 40 45 something years since that movie so it's just really cool to see those little tiny details to try to like keep technology accurate (laughs) i bet like cyril is headed like in that direction too you after he stole some money from his mom good for cyril fuck that lady He's got to go stalk his crush some more because he's a huge fucking creep. Uh, and then we get all this fucking stuff with Luthen. Okay, so when Luthen goes to see Saw and the guards are patting him down and they pull out the thing that looks suspiciously like a lightsaber hilt i mean longer than most lightsabers we've seen and could could, you know could be like a you know like a riot baton or something like that this is a guy who also has a kyber crystal i don't i don't want him to be a jedi and i don't think he necessarily is a jedi there's a there's several options there one it's all just a kind of like you know like sort of like fucking with people thing totally possible also maybe that was a we he has a bunch of artifacts that he keeps in his store maybe that's something he was picking up again maybe it's not a lightsaber hilt maybe he had family or a loved one who was a jedi who was killed in order 66 i don't know i'm it was such a brief little thing and i don't again i don't want him to be a jedi but I am curious as to what they were setting up there. You know, I didn't think about anything when seeing that scene. I just thought, oh, with maybe a weapon or something, you know, like maybe it has like knives on it. But um, maybe he's not a Jedi. It just has a lightsaber, you know, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just like how Din Djarin has the um the dark saber and he's not force sensitive at all so maybe it's something like that where maybe he just stole it and he's like this is my weapon now bastards so i i'm okay with it but i mean if he was a jedi i'd be like dang that's but i mean he seems really into galaxy wide like artifacts because i mean he owns the artifact shop i love his partner in crime though i don't know if like she's like his wife or i really like her she gets she business pretty, done. Dude, her shit with Vel was awesome. Yeah, because Vel's, Vel's being a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, a little nosy. Like, but Vel, yeah. like, I understand Vel, but also, like, this is a business. Like, Vel can't just walk in and be like, where is he? Like, there's rules. Like, you have to go in there and be like, I'm really interested in buying this Gungan shield. Well, yeah, like, because they, like, Clea has a whole fucking rebellion she is trying to protect and Vel just wants to blow up their whole spot because she's pissed because she wants to talk to Luthen and the, the, aren't, the rules aren't frivolous they are there for a reason they are precocious for a reason because they are fighting the goddamn empire and that is insanely dangerous yeah 
Val's really stepping in dangerous territory, like freely discussing like Luthen and just some of the plans and just I don't know what she's trying to do necessarily, but she's just not playing a very smart game right now. And especially talking about like Cassian, like I just it's really hard. It's really hard forming a rebellion, but also like having to trust all these different kinds of people. I mean, you have Val, you have Cinta, which I loved Cinta's scenes throughout this episode. Just, you know, everyone asking her like, oh, like, did you know this lady? And she's like, I just got here two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> I fucking love them. Like, I love that snarkiness because like, that's believable. You know, like you would totally not suspect that like she is like a rebel spy. Yeah. And, and the the stuff with with saw and Luthen was great uh i was listening to the um haas and steel on their on the little patreon show that they do together and haas pointed out like how much sense it makes of how paranoid saw is in rogue one like with this because it's not just the empire stuff he also it's like oh so fucking Luthen is probably spying on me and not only that but totally willing to send you know our you know not our, our comrade we well, I know you know they're not all in one group but they are all allies and he knows now that Luthen is just willing to sacrifice 30 men Dude, a- and Krieger as they keep saying which I thought was a, a nice little repeated motif but Okay, like, I, I feel bad because I feel like I've asked this last week, but I need to get this, like, in my brain. Who is Krieger? He's just the leader of another sort of rebellion cell who is supposed to be doing this raid. I thought that was really powerful when they're trying to talk about Krieger and Saw's just, you see, like, the stages of, gr- not grief that Saw's going through, just the emotions that Saw's growing through, knowing that they can't save Krieger and why they can't save him and then just being like yeah two tubes he's the secret guy then he that snatches his gun fucking hilarious just oh the my dead god pa- yeah, this is the deadpan of yeah i do have a spy it's two tubes was so funny as was two tubes reaction i know and i was like poor two tubes is gonna die then i'm like wait he's in rogue one what i what i liked in this scene is i think Saw didn't realize before now just who Luthen is. I feel like Saw thinks he's the most dedicated, most badass resistance fighter. And Luthen is scary as fuck. And I think Saw realizes it in in this scene. It's just how far that guy is willing to go. Maybe even further than Saw is himself. It's interesting that Mothma's teamed with Luthen, knowing that all the shit that she says about Saw and Rogue One and, you know, in Rebels 2. And just how much more hardcore Luthen feels to me versus Saw. And the fact that Saw just looks at Luthen, like he's looking through Luthen at this point, you know, Force Whittaker's acting is insane during this scene that he has with 
with Luthen. Like, yeah, because when he comes in, like when Luthen comes in, he's so excited at first because he's like, I've decided we're going to go help this guy out. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to, you know, destroy this thing or whatever. And just the, like, the immediate turn there. Yeah, just, no, we're not helping. This is why. Insane. And also just the, ah, fuck, now I gotta fucking tell him why he can't do it on Luthen's part. Yeah, just, like, the the annoyance that Luthen has. Yeah, it's like, when I wanted you to do it, you said you weren't going to do it. And now, when I do not want you to do it, you're suddenly fucking willing. And then, the whole thing on his ship, getting away from the Imperial ship. And his weird little thing that destroyed their tractor beam array. Luthen has some serious skills, and also the craziest fucking ship I've ever seen, with his little, like, laser beam sides. Dude, I know. I was really worried for him for a second that he was going to get in, like, big trouble. But seeing that you know, he was able to escape, God, that fucking Empire guy's face when he realizes that Luthen escaped. Man, that guy. Whew. We only have one more episode. What are we going to do? Be very sad. Now, I don't know when we're going to record about that episode because Wednesday, I have something very, very special, which is I'm going to go see Knives Out, The Glass Onion. Is our friend Ryan going to be there? No, I'm just going to see a movie in a theater, but it's only in a theater for a week, and it is a movie I am most excited about. Even more excited than Andor, although when I was getting a ticket, I didn't think about the fact that it was the Andor finale night. And then Thursday is Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Then it's Christmas. I mean, there's, there's a couple of days in there in between, but yes. I am so fed up with my local radio stations because they're not playing Christmas music yet. Yeah, you know why? It's November, Emily. It's November 7th. What are you fucking talking about? There's a tree in my goddamn bedroom. Yeah, you know who didn't put it there? The goddamn radio station. Fuck them. That's why. No Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Emily, you don't understand. Like, it's it's a ritual. Like, November 1st is Christmas. Absolutely. As somebody who worked retail for years and years and years, fuck Christmas music that plays at beginning of November. Because you hear the same 12 songs on a loop for eight hours a day, five days a week. No. I hope that when you're on the plane to London, Little Drummer Boy is just on repeat the whole time. Oh my god! When I worked at when I worked at Starbucks, we had they had you know like the maybe you know it was maybe like fifteen songs that would play on repeat. Fucking two of them were different versions of Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't know. If, I I think it's like Bowie. Like Bowie has a version of Little Drummer Boy that's just it's it's so funny. I, I think he has like a Christmas song or something or like someone. I, not I don't know. I thought it was Bowie. I could have sworn that it was, but I'll have to find it. But. I love celebrities or just singers like takes on like Christmas music. Um, I don't like the ones that they like make up though. I mean, no, I want, I want them to sing traditional Christmas songs, 
Bob Dylan has a Christmas album. It is oh. the it is the most threatening version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town that you will ever hear. Oh, I love Spring Scene Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Have you heard that one? Probably. It sounds vaguely familiar. I love but that one. Anyway, yeah. No Christmas movie music until after Thanksgiving. That Thanksgiving is when Santa Claus arrives. He comes in on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, but the the music helps him come. No. Hearing the music, it's like in um, the Polar Express movie, like you're ringing the bell. Um, That means you believe in Santa. Like if you hear the bell, then you believe in him. And he's like, sick, bro. So when he hears the music, he's like, sick, bro. All these people are excited for me to come. No, he comes at the end, and then you can play music afterwards, like, oh, Santa's here. Also, in the year 2022, why are you waiting for something on the radio? Because my car's fucking old, Emily. <laughs> I don't have, like, the Connect Bluetooth or whatever thing to Just my car. Fuck it. Yeah, but you have a phone, right? Yeah, but I don't know where my aux cord is. Okay, but you have a phone, right? You can I do just... have a phone. Okay, and you have headphones. But that's different. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited for uh, the holidays. I'm excited to hear how your chicken will do. Are you going to do anything with your chicken? Roast it. Stuff it with, like, lemons and garlic. Rub a bunch of butter all over it. Any, like, special butter or just, like, regular old butter? Just regular old butter. That's good. I don't know what we're doing yet for Thanksgiving. I feel no, like I it's... We should probably figure that out. Yeah, wouldn't you Wouldn't you think? I know, like, I, I always, like, now that I've moved out, it's, like, weird because it's, like, you know, I go to, like, my parents' house for, like, events and stuff, and I'm, like, should I bring something? I you mean, know, yeah, like, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody I'm, should bring I'm something for guest. Thanksgiving. But then my mom's, like, oh, just bring, uh, bring dessert. Bring the vegetable tray. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Because usually, like, the, the vegetable tray is, like, the, the, the poor man that doesn't get, you know, is sitting, uh, know you're performing and you're in the back row and, like, you can't really see him because he's really short. Like, that's the vegetables I feel on Thanksgiving Day. But I'm happy to get the vegetables. But we'll see. Any other thoughts on Andor? I'm sad that the finale is next week. I, I hope that it's a good finale. I I hope that they don't try to put anything that they've done with Star Wars these like past couple of years like into this, you know, like insert Jedi here or something. Like I'm weary, yeah. but I have high hopes. Yeah, I I pretty much just trust the show at this point. Like it's so good. It's been so... They haven't let us down yet. I feel like they're going to nail the landing. Tony Gilroy and all the writers and directors that have worked on this season have been phenomenal. I didn't know that Star Wars could do this. I'm very happy that it does. And fingers crossed that the finale is like the final. Fuck yeah, this show is great. 
I know I saw that they're putting some episodes like on like FX, on ABC, on Freeform. So that's really cool for people who don't have Disney Plus, which, you know, are probably a select few. So that's cool that they're going to be showing this to um, the cable crowd to see. Like, I really think that this is a show that really anyone can get into, like whether you like Star Wars or not. I feel like it's very easy to understand and it's as thrilling as like any other political drama or drama show like i don't think star wars has ever been i didn't think that star wars is capable of doing something like this so knowing what the future holds for star wars right now is really interesting i just really hope they put this effort into the movies like i really hope that we get a movie that's unlike the skywalker saga or like rogue one or solo like i think that now what we see in andor like could happen for movies yep 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 um yeah so we'll we'll eventually record about the finale um (laughs) just maybe not immediately um other than that you know thanks for listening to the show as always Brittany. where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram as canto brit what about you I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. Uh, the show is at CantoByPod. You can send us email, CantoByPod at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about Andor and what you're expecting to see in the finale. Uh, other than that, we will talk to you all next week at some point. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Ghetto bitch. Brittany, the Jinch, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Ghetto bitch number one.